Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Yo, yo, what's good, everyone? And welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, July 26, 2021. This is episode 171, 171, and wow, do we have an episode for you today. Episode 171 features two incredibly talented individuals known as local singles. 2021 has been quite the year for these guys, and we were laughing all the way through this one. We got it all in during this interview and discussed their early inspirations and influences. Both hardcore Bostonians, but apparently not Bruins fans. I might get them in trouble for saying that. But Chaz and Zach met at a very young age, and music has always been a big part of their lives. Chaz has been producing for over 10 years, but Zach brought him into the dark side a few years ago, and they joined forces to create a house duo with one goal, make an impact. We also ran through their discography. In their breakout year of 2021, they released some bangers like Lose Control with Pool House and Boyish on Space Yacht, Lighters with Phobos on Vibrancy, The Sweaty Rhythms EP on Hood Politics, and Mirrors on In Rotation. They also just dropped a very special track called Ill Provide with Cloverdale on Techno Records. Needless to say, they are on fire! We also talked about the state of house music. We had a great conversation on where we think house music is going over the next couple of years. If one thing is certain, there's no doubt that producers continue to get more and more creative with every release. There are no limits to what you can do in the studio, and collaboration has never been more prevalent in the community. Get ready for some sounds like you've never heard before. I really mean it when I say these guys are building something so special and are working extremely hard to make their dream come true. They're hustlers with raw talent, and that's something we can all get behind. Much love and respect to the local singles, boys. And they are actually single right now, so get in line, ladies. But enough of me talking. Let's get into it right now so you guys can hear their story for yourselves. This is episode 171 with Local Singles. Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm here with Zach and Chaz, a.k.a. Local Singles. What's up, boys? I'm coming to you from Chicago. You guys are both in Boston right now, right? Yes, sir. Hell yes. Home of the Bruins. You guys hockey guys? I mean, not as much as we should be, quite honestly. I thought that's like a, like you have to be a big Bruins fan to live in Boston. Is that not true? Uh, yeah, I mean, this this really should have been part of the off-the-record pre-recording part of the interview. <laughs> oh, shit, I just we're, outed you right you know, away. We're, we're going to get fucking killed now when we go out in South Asia. Yep. Like, oh, you guys don't even like the bees. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're bandwagon guys. Like, we're bandwagon Bruins guys. We, we, we came up during the Patriots' golden era. And oh. that, like, yeah, we're the worst guys in the world, I know. You are. I'm uh, a Colts fan, too. I came up in the Peyton Manning era, bro. That was That was, you guys were tough for me. But I'm and gonna... that was oof, what a rivalry like that's going to be the biggest the biggest biggest thing of I mean I, it's already something I miss I was gonna say it's gonna be something I will miss but it's been dead for years because it's just the Patriots suck the Colts Colts are actually the Colts are actually pretty good right now or have been pretty 
pretty we're mediocre. Okay. Yeah. We're small market teams. We like to be just good enough to lose in the first round of the playoffs every year. So it's like, I can't really complain because we're good enough that we get there, but it's really heartbreaking every single year. Cause I'm like, let's get through the first round guys. Nope. <laughs> Never. Not once. At least you're not the dumpster fire. That is the Patriots right now. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's worse to dwell in mediocrity or go from the top all the way to just the bottom and be there for the foreseeable future. We just know we're not going to be good for a yeah. long and Brady's going to come in and fucking win a Super Bowl every year until he retires. And Dude. he's never going to retire. No, he's so fucking good at football. It scares me. Disgusting. 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 You had your time, though. I mean, you know what? At least you acknowledge that. And you don't dwell in mediocrity. You accept what's happened to you. That's a, that's a Colts fan right there. If you guys want to be Colts fans, you, just, <laughs> you accept it. You accept it. But we're not here to talk sports. We're here to talk music. We're here to talk local singles. I like to start off every interview with a question. And I want to I want to ask Chaz, you guys have been actually fucking on fire with the shows, killing it in New York, back in Boston, doing some stuff. What's been the best live event that you've DJed the past couple months, Chaz? It's a tough one. I'd say I think the first rooftop party that we played was actually a lot of fun. The Chris uh, Lake cover set? Because, yeah, that, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, actually, no, that was Zach, that was actually just Zach and our, our good buddy, Charlie Ford. Oh, yeah. Uh, the one after that, the first rooftop party I was involved with, I think. Okay. Kind of like to start the whole, you know, like march into all the shows. It was, it was just insane. It was so yeah. fun. Boiler How many people were there? Kind of vibe, like people surrounding you. You, you have people in the crowd just like flicking shrooms at people. Like it was sick. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fucking vibe. What about you, Zach? Same answer? Yeah, I think that was the first one where we felt like people showed up to see us play. Mm-hmm. The the other the, the the other rooftop was really cool and it was a funny story how it all came together because yeah you know our friend has this really cool you know that really cool rooftop from the pictures um and they had kind of been like yeah just show you know come come and bring some speakers we'll throw you guys like 500 bucks and just just dj we're gonna have a cool party yeah and so we kind of just showed up with no expectations i they actually asked us not to play house music before that <laughs> you, you know can you play you can play some Blink 182. Some, and we're like, ah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll put, yeah, it, yeah. put it on the USB. Um, <laughs> and it just kind of spied, you know, it started with 50 people there. And I told Chaz, I thought I feel still to this day feel terrible about this because I told Chaz, as don't come. It's gonna be some lame rooftop party. We're just gonna get a little exposure. <laughs> don't oh, show up man. to it. And then we videos started just shooting out in New York and it yeah. spiraled into a thing where there were hundreds of people there and we were just banging i mean we were banging melodic techno we were playing a bunch of chris lake stuff we were playing our own stuff kind of for the first time where people were eating it up because we had played it before but it was in these bigger markets like we had been down in miami where people were there for a headliner and they they were there for a very specific sound so they liked it but this this was one of those ones where people were like who are you guys what are you doing here and when can you come back Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like real time oh my god it's happening it's happening and then yeah. it ended up kind of going a, a, like a little viral in new york and we did some bookings live during the set and that was a 10-hour set it was 95 degrees headphones melted on my neck uh, <laughs> it was disgusting but it was it was a it was a hell of a time but yeah i think that second set that Chaz mentioned the the second renegade party because we went yeah. right to a penthouse that got swatted afterwards it's kind literally of the same swatted. deal yeah literally swatted it was nuts 
What did they think you guys were doing? I think they thought we were throwing a full-on illegal rave with a you know a proper sound system, and yeah. there was a, there was a lot of people there, and they were they were really jumping. I think the other people in the apartments were freaked out, and they were just had no sense of. And it was just a bunch of harmless kids. We were having having fun listening to house music. Yeah, there was one video clip of this one where we were playing "How's Your Evening So Far" by yeah. Chris Blake, and mm-hmm. everybody in just full sync just bobbing on on the uh on the roof i bet you viewers were too happy about that (laughs) looked unbelievable and that's just so cool to see like you guys doing that and putting on your own thing we talked about before we went live just like i don't know if you build it they will come and it went viral in that night and that was in that was where was that manhattan it was in manhattan yeah there's all private residences too which is the crazy the crazy thing is we just brought in sound a sound system like a full sound system from guitar center we got a sub and a bunch of a bunch (laughs) of monitors and we brought our own we're we're off we're off when we do those renegade parties we have really old i think they're they're maybe cdj 900s they don't Uh even have the way the waveform on them (laughs) so you're scratching in to find the start of the song and it's just so stressful but it's also the best and then we got cut our teeth we got really good at dj over the course of of those few weeks because we're doing 15 hour sets yeah, I don't want to say it's on vinyl, but it is damn hard to hear. Yes, or, you know, understand what we were doing, thrown into it. So it's all it's all good. Jesus, proud of you guys. <laughs> little snaps. I I, lo- I love seeing that so much. Just seeing just seeing my boys and and my girls and everybody having fun again. It's not even like having success. It's having fun, seeing people smile, and it's pretty cool when that shit happens, right? Just like those little moments that you didn't expect and. It's, it's what makes it all worth it. It's the most rewarding part. It's the, yeah, it's why you do it. It's why you start doing it. It's yeah. also, it's also become something we've thinking we've, we've thought about a lot lately is just the, um, everything feels flat during the weeks now because we've mm-hmm. been hammer hammering it for six weeks <laughs> and, we're doing and we're, you know, you go out to a, a pub or something and it's like, ah, mm. <laughs> What are we can't really enjoy doing? a beer anymore, can you, Zach? Jesus. Yeah, I've ruined, I've ruined life. I've ruined life for myself. But it is cool. It is cool to have people come, come up to you after the show or DM you and, and say thank you for the night. Yeah. It's like, well, you paid me for it. You don't need to thank me. But yeah. it's cool to give people something that, that's a memorable experience that they can relate to and that they want to come back to for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. And it's been quite a journey for you guys so far. And I want, I want to get it all in today, guys, because we did it. We did a live stream when you guys released on Hood Politics, which was so much fun. And you guys came up during the Pool House interview. So I heard about you first then. And ever since then, it's just been like, you guys hustling. You guys are great guys, too. It's just like funny to see you do your thing and DMing and just always feeling like I'm in touch with you. I, re- I really like that. And you guys are just genuine people. So I want to start off by saying, like, just keep being you. Dude, we appreciate that. And we've told yeah. you this before too, but the, the support from you early on from, from DJ Susan early on, oh, there yeah. were a lot of times where we were close to just making this a casual thing or even stopping it mm-hmm. be- before any of this started. And that was a big part of why we continue to do it and building our confidence and our self-belief. So we appreciate everything, everything that you're doing as well. And yeah. Sherman, the booth is such a cool, such a cool and unique platform for artists like I, more you. people should be doing this but it's you i guess they're uh, not i do i was just talking to somebody about that i'm like where are the other podcasters interviewing djs and producers out there they're not there 
it's it's and which is weird too because you would think the DJs sort of of the world they're outside of outside of old rock stars from like the 70s 80s there's probably we're probably seeing the craziest things and doing some of the craziest things yes. anybody all the best stories are are from these DJs and yet nobody wants to talk it's weird yeah, it's a weird thing but I, you cornered the market so <laughs> I cornered <laughs> the fucking market right yeah I did I did and I absolutely love it it's been the best friendship networking tool like ever just like actually having genuine conversations with people about their biggest passion whether it be music whether it be health and wellness whether it be management whether it be anything that's just an enjoyable thing for me to do and and share those stories with people because one of the reasons I started the podcast was I found it really really hard to actually meet people in music you go up to the DJs in the clubs you guys know you try and introduce yourself you buy buy them a shot say hey you have to do that what 10 times then I have to stay at the club until 5 a.m until I can introduce myself on the way out fuck that shit that's not who I am also I have a day job so I gotta go to work (laughs) (laughs) so I was like how do I actually spend time and get to know these people well I'm I really really want to do a podcast why don't I make an interview-based podcast and now this is episode 171 so I've, I've wow. interviewed at least 160 different people. So it's just has been a really special thing for me to, to feel it grow rather than like, I, it's seen it grow, of course, but I just feel like it's, it's so awesome. It's a fulfilling thing. And I see you guys doing that in one way or another with production and DJing. That's, that's funny you mentioned that because there, it's such a weird dynamic. We are so aggressive about, and it's people we're fans, genuinely fans of. There's no one yeah. I, I we've reached out to who were like, oh, well, you know, we don't really like their music, but they're a big name. And if they listen to our demo, it'll be great. But yeah. it is a, a weird dynamic of introducing yourself to people who are bigger names. I yeah, mean, like, listen to my, you should listen to my demo. But if, if you know, if you, if you don't like it, that's, I'm okay with it. <laughs> and don't feel obligated to listen to it. But if you don't listen to it, I am going to be a little bit upset, but seriously, no pressure. Like it's it's just a weird it's a weird gray take area. Back, put it in, take it back. Yeah, and oh, I'm a fan. Here's a shot. Can I come backstage? But I swear to God, I'm not a leech. I just yeah, want to. Exactly. Just... <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we had to deal with. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 like I mean, it's just so cool what you what you've built and what what the whole what the whole squad that you ride with has built, and it's. I didn't know. I didn't know that that's how you had started the podcast. And I congrats, huge congrats on one seventy. One seventy. I can't remember hundred seventy of anything I've done at this point. You know, yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's a high. A it's a high number. I don't know if I can count that high anymore after uh, after the last six weeks in New York. <laughs> no, I'm on my last brain cell right now. Yeah. It, it actually was smaller. It's grown back right now. You know, the Red Bull always helps with things like that. <laughs> regenerating a little bit just like nuclear you're like a, a a red bull superhero like if you drink enough yes. energy drinks and, and and shit like you <laughs> damn it you figured me out shrimp's just pumping is your blood's pumping full of like energy drinks and house music and then oh. you just evaporate once you hit like 40 you're yep. just <laughs> like luke skywalker fade into the sunset that's the plan yep that's yeah. the plan that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get to 500 episodes and evaporate, and that's yep. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Listen, we we gotta start at the beginning though, guys, because you guys are are truly special people, and I want everybody to know, and I want to learn myself how you got to this point. So I know, uh, Chaz, you've been producing for 11 years, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And you guys are both from Boston. So I guess we'll start with Chaz. Like, tell me, tell me about growing up in Boston and when you started getting into music and maybe even your first exposure to electronic music too. Um, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I played guitar all my life, you okay. know, since growing up, um, you know, going to public school, Dover Sherburn with Zach, uh, you know, it was. You guys met each other in when? Is that elementary school? Middle school? Probably pre, was it preschool? Or preschool? It was preschool and, and, and nah, I think it was like first grade or second grade. Oh, I, I moved at some point. Fucking yeah. best friends over here right now. I <laughs> love it. Yeah, I mean, so, so cool. Like, we, we, you know, coming up in public school, there was always like Battle of the Bands. Like Zach and I participated, you know, enemy, I guess. But uh, the, the love of music was always there. Um, by the time I, I transferred from Dover Sherburn to Milton Academy, which is a private school just outside of Boston, um, is when kind of art became a little more prominent in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, I went to Bentley University. I played football at Bentley U- University for a year, and I ended up leaving because I wanted to pursue music. That's when my production started taking off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how it kind of started. It was just, you know... I was in a place that I didn't really want to be, which was Bentley University. And, yeah. you know, it kind of pushed me into direction of more, you know, getting into arts and, and music. So from there, you know, I started producing a lot of like future bass and like pop remixes. And yeah. um, and then Zach eventually came, came back into my life and switched me over to Tech House. And now I'm... <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable. What do you remember? How, how old were you when you released your first track? Then, like out on SoundCloud or whatever. I was, uh, I was in, I was in college. That must have been. It's probably like Zach. What year were we as freshmen? Because you and I were in the same grade. In high school or college? College. Uh, twenty fifteen. Fall twenty fifteen. 2015. So yeah, that, I dropped uh, a remix of Blink 182, uh, Semi Charms. Uh, Heinous, by the way. Up. I, I worked with a music uh, blog <laughs> called Bugatunes, and they actually did a lot of uh, help blowing that up. They got you know maybe a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand plays. Your like, first fucking release? Yeah, yeah. It was because it was. I think it was just because it was Semi Charms. It was just Blink 182. Everybody loves Blink 182. Of um, course. No, I mean, that was the game, bro. People went on world tours off remixes on SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that was my first one, yeah. Amazing. And now you're on the dark side. Absolutely. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bro. Yes. And we'll, we'll get into uh, your solo project, too. But I want to I hear, Zach, your, your first exposure into the electronic music world, too, and growing up. Yeah, the, I mean, I'll, I'll lead with this because I, I was getting, I just said heinous when Chaz was talking about his first track, which I, I want to clarify, which is the production is awesome. And at the time, it was really awesome. I was, I've been like a dungeon demon for years and years now on the dark side of it. So I, I was always in, and I mean, I wouldn't say I was a hater because I was, I was, I think I was always pretty supportive of, of the music and everything, but it, I was definitely like, but dude, what if you just were doing something that was, you know, not that. Yeah. And so that was, that was, I mean, the first time I got into electronic music, man, I'm trying to think 
because there was kind of two stages of it. And I think those are the two stages everybody goes through with it, which is there was like Skrillex and Kygo and Avicii and all those guys back in the day. And I remember listening to, I think the first song was, it was a, it was a Jack Wobb remix of Starry Eyes by Ellie Goulding. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that one from back I in the do. day. I do. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> Unlocked, bro. I remember. Banger. Yeah. There's a lot of kids out there who are going to hear this who have no idea what that song is. And, right, <laughs> and rightfully so, because his dubstep is garbage. But garbage. Um, <laughs> that was the first time I was like, okay, I, I don't know what these, these noises are, but I really like, I like it. And then there was definitely a shift. And I actually can specifically remember this as well. I had, I had transferred to Taft in Connecticut yeah. uh, to play lacrosse down there. Oh, and yeah, baby. What so position I, were you? You were a face-off, get-off guy, weren't you? I was a defenseman. I was a defenseman. I used to be bulked up. I used to be jet. Ah, lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Sticks, bro. Dude, I was such a douche, Fuck too. Um, yeah, I was the worst. I was the worst ever. I wasn't. I was, wasn't one of the guys who had finesse or was doing really technical things. I was just hurting people as much as I, as much as I humanly could. Um, cool. Cool. Yes. That, which was <laughs> sometimes I miss it. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why I get so angry. Uh, when we, when we, when we get like build wrong or something, I just, there's something repressed now, but the Connecticut defenseman comes out. Yeah, exactly. So, but it was, um, I, been, I was getting exposed to these these sort of trendy New York City kids for the first time that I'd never had access to yeah. in Boston. Boston's like, you know, it's a it's a drinking town. It's a it's a rock music town or a country music town. So I remember it was White Noise by Disclosure and mm-hmm. uh, what was that first Chami? That big first Chami song that still bangs to this day. Missing you with AC Slater. No, it was even before that. It was even before that. It was the Kalina Xander's one, I think. I'm forgetting. Also, I, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to lose a lot of credibility that I can't remember the name of it, but I remember a a kid found that that was also my first exposure to someone who wouldn't give up the ID. He found the song and he would play it in the dorms, but he changed the name on the file on iTunes because it was even before SoundCloud was really a thing. What is that? What is that? He was like, no, bro, I can't give it up. I can't give it up. Like, this is my tune. (laughs) And that was the first time I, I, ah, ooh. I'm going to be at the risk of rambling. I'm actually going to backtrack this, which is we were in, <laughs> we were in the city and it was one of the first weekends we, I had been, we had been left alone with no parents and yeah. in New York city. So we were, you know, we had, we had uh, one of those mini kegs of Heineken and, you know, like a six pack of Corona or something. We were <laughs> sick. This is it. This is it. Like, this yeah, is the yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was, it was when Pandora radio was still a thing as well. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how deep we're talking. Oh yeah. And, and look right through by MK came on shuffle on Pandora radio and everyone yes. at the party stopped when that song ended and looked around and was like, put that on again. And yeah. that was from there. It's just turned into a borderline obsession like addiction to I'm now I can't even I there's nothing that's too niche for me now which is is a scary prospect because it's like where does it stop I'm just gonna be listening to industrial techno exclusively like kick drums in in two years I don't know well so when did you actually start DJing then which one of you was the DJ first then were you Zach it was me it was me well again this is one of those weird things where I think Chaz was doing it out before I was it was a secret hobby of mine but I got made fun of by everyone I knew who knew I did it. It was like, oh, oh, you DJ Ambro, your music sucks, bro. And I was DJ like, Ambro, okay. DJ Ambro. I mean, okay, that is by no means was ever a thing, but 
where people would make fun of me. Oh, DJ Ambro. And I was like, dude, if you guys just let me do it, you know, at a party or something, I'll be sweet. I swear to God. And I was yeah. like, nah, nah, like we want music with words. We don't need this bullshit. Uh, it's also before house music was really blown up. Like tech right. house blew up, but right. Chaz was doing it. And I'll, I'll, Chaz, I'll kick it over to you to talk about a little bit of your background, DJing live and sort of the, like the trials and tribulations of trying to DJ future house and trying to get through the Boston scene in particular, which is so rough. Yeah, I mean, Boston is was definitely really tough to, to get into it. I was working closely with a promoter here, and I was doing a lot of open format kind of DJing at yeah. big clubs in Boston, like uh, Royale, Icon. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've played at a bunch of spots in Boston, but it was never rewarding because I never was able to play what I wanted to play. Um, it was always like, like I was the DJ that had to take requests and that's the mm. most frustrating fucking thing that every DJ can go through. Oh, so yeah. like, you know, I'm up there and, you know, someone wants me to play like, you know, Alessia Cara or like some bullshit. And I'm like, fuck, like fine. <laughs> you know, I did maybe like 15 or 20 shows in Boston. And then I just, I just got off the train. I was like, this isn't worth it. Yeah. you know focus on production instead and then you know you're totally hoping for like this scenario to come up where production has been getting so good that yeah. you know we can dj and now we can dj our own stuff and we can play exactly what we want to play and have people enjoy it right you know instead of having people be like you know i don't know this song it's fine like you just got to play to the right crowd too starting um, with you though you were trying to make yourself happy first which is the most important thing yeah exactly Love that. So you started as an open format DJ. Pretty much, yeah. Serato guy, were you were you on sticks then or what were you using? No, I was I was ripping the com the computer in Serato uh, for the oh. first few. And then I discovered <laughs> USB drives and I was just like, okay, this is way better. And yeah, then, I can't bring the laptop to the club, especially those yeah, drunk girls requesting um, Alessia Cara. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> the best, the best thing I've heard too, which is funny because we so we we've been we've been doing these renegade parties which we were talking about i'm sure we'll get into again but yeah. um we brought cdjs to these rooftops i remember one kid came up to me he's also hammered he's so shit-faced but he's like he's like so where does the music come from <laughs> you don't have a laptop where is it <laughs> don't worry about it bro it comes from thin air it's magic yeah 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 <laughs> Ridiculous. Or ridiculous yeah they, I, people will come up and be like so tell me what's going on here and i'm like not not today that's that's not happening we're not gonna yeah. talk through <laughs> of music and how it passes through the mixer here not today just please keep going yeah just you're better off without the information it's more of a mystery it gives it it gives yeah. it more uh there's more there's more mystique don't worry about what i'm doing up here just go enjoy yourself yes um <laughs> but it is it is i gotta tell you it is infuriating and I, that's that's how i know we're deep in the game now is anytime i see a computer we look at each other and we're like what a fucking joke this guy is he could what be the best joke <laughs> he could he could be the best like a track like it could be a track with a computer and if i didn't know it was a track and i was in the back of the club and i saw a computer open i'd be like Look at this schmuck they brought in. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Jazz, what's what's your your go-to line for denying a request though, whether it was back then or today? Oh no, I always say I'll try to work it in. That's yeah, it. That's nice of you. That's, it, that's because, and it's so avoidant too. Like I really wish I just had the balls to just be like, fuck off. But yeah, like, same. You no, know, like 
I'm, I'm a polite person. Like I'm just, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to work it in. Like no, no promises though. And be like, okay, thank you. And they just walk away. So it's like, you know. Oh, dude, I, I forgot, I forgot about the request life a little bit. And I played this show uh, at this like hotel rooftop and it's kind of like a popping place. And we had all different types of people in there. We had 40 year old birthday parties with women that were out in the city. We had bachelorette parties. We had people from the South side that were requesting swag surfing and going fucking hard. We had 22 year olds on their parents' credit card. And I'm like, and we had blackout dads. And I was like, this, this is going to be tough, but I'm going to fucking go for it. I'm a USB DJ too. People coming up. I had a double digit request night. So you know how that goes. And I'm exposed. You know, when you're exposed in a booth and people can surround you and it's just like, I was elevated so they couldn't get next to me. I was playing like Bruno Mars, play like a house remix because I got to, I got to just got to get through this. Somebody yeah. comes up in the middle of it and it's pretty similar to the original. And they go, can you play the original song? And I'm like, I'm already halfway through the fucking song. I'm not going to play the original. I was really rude then. And I was like, look, I'm already through the halfway through the song. I'm not going to start it over. That's like rule number one. Another chick comes up to me. What did she say? Uh, People, she, I'm literally playing Dancing Queen by ABBA, okay? 40-year-old woman's absolute dream. She goes, can you play something for my friend's 40th birthday? And I go, is that your friend right there? She's dancing and twirling around. And I'm like, is this request for her or for you? Let's just be honest right now. And I just <laughs> forgot about the request life, dude. And we should do like a fucking tell all about this shit. Because... Really? We could do an entire podcast about just the absurd requests that come in and people's entitlement to have it. It, it kind of goes back to people not understanding where the music's coming from. It's it no, would almost be easier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, somebody requested like a random Kirko bangs like off like, and I actually knew the song of like, you know, Dat Piff 2007. This was maybe available. And Whoa. that's why I actually, another reason I use USBs, I go, I only have what's on my USBs. And then they're like, oh, super that's a good line to they're like, can I, can, and then they say, can I connect my phone? Yeah, like, let's Bluetooth it in. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, let me plug your phone in. You know what? I'll, why don't you take my paycheck while we're yeah. at it? Do you, do you want to get paid to do this? I actually have some places I could be. Oh, it's so funny. And then the managers always, like, think they got the mood. They're like, I think you should play a little more top 40. But then, like, pick up the pace, slow it down. I used to DJ 25 years ago, so I know what I'm doing. I'm like, hmm. I, dude, that is so funny because I was, I was sitting, I'll, I'll expose myself. I was sitting around thinking about stuff to talk about. That'd be funny or like interesting <laughs> on this. I was on a rod. Like and I, there was, there was one character. It's almost a character who's in every club, which is the guy. And this is terrifying to me, by the way, yeah. the guy who is the resident he's, you know, he, he, he runs the sound setup and he sort of does opening sets to sound check yes. and he maybe goes 15 or 20 minutes too long as people start showing up he's only <laughs> playing his own edits of stuff and he's telling you he's telling you about all of the sick after parties that he used to run yep. the, the paris hill oh dude like all the guys from insync would show up to these after parties i did in in like the late 90s early 2000s or whatever yeah. like, you, you don't understand it's like dude honestly i don't i, I really don't, don't care <laughs> Oh man, the glory days. And that's why I mentioned it earlier. It's like, whatever you're doing, you better have multiple options of shit because a lot of people, they fizzle out and they get stuck at 40, 45, 50 years old as like an open format DJ. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like, is that what you want to do? Probably not. No. And that's also like getting locked in early on is like having DJing, like be your primary source of income and you know, like picking up every single gig that you can get your hands on, like that's 
again just like not the route we wanted to go on so no no and and i'm that, glad you guys did it because that immediately. yeah for sure i'm glad you guys didn't because where you're at right now it's pretty fucking impressive i mean 2021 was a huge year you guys came out of the fucking woodworks too before we start talking about your releases when did you guys decide to partner up and i guess i'll teach Chaza because you have your own project project called Chaz, right? And you've released a lot of music, like you mentioned earlier. When did you guys decide, all right, let's do something together? Well, I mean, Zach's a lot better at explaining the whole process behind it, but mm -hmm. it was, I will say, I, like, I was, I'm deep into, uh, you know, my production and what I've been doing. And yeah, you know, I'll let Zach take it away on this because he's just, it's just much better. At His Adderall is peaking right now. So he's yeah. really going to, he's really going to deliver. Yeah. I've been selling, I've been selling software all day. So I'm still in, I'm still in, uh, in sales mode. So I'll sell you on our origin story. Let's like, see what we got. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, so it's funny too, because we had a million different iterations and I, this is kind of what Chaz is getting at with, with yeah. why I I'm the one to tell it because the way our workflow is set up is Chaz will send me, a rough framework for a song. And then I'll send him a million ideas. Generally, I'll put the same three vocals. I'll put either Fergalicious. Um, there's like a Gwen McRae vocal that I want to put on absolutely everything. And I think, I think it's like Fuji Law. And every song, no matter what key it is, I'll just warp it. I'll just change the pitch to whatever that key is and be like, this is what we should do. But I'll do like drum, I'll do drum stuff and experiment with things and send it back to him. So I'm kind of just all I, all I do is I function as the idea guy. Mm -hmm. And so we, we had a million different ideas for what this would be. The first one was we were going to call ourselves the Apollo Circle Rhythm Collective. I think just to, and it was going to be an, a disco only project. Okay. It was only to make fun of how pretentious Motor City Drum Ensemble is and how pretentious that name is and the music that he plays. Is. And he's awesome. I'm a huge fan of him. But just just the way he, he's, he's everything that people think a really hipster DJ is. Uh -huh. So and there's so many guys I know who are kind of like wannabe disco edit DJs who yeah. worship Motor City Drum Ensemble because of that boiler room set. Yeah. So we're like, oh, this would be pretty funny if we only made disco bootlegs and we like, you know, it's kind of a parody. And then the next idea, which is also funny because we don't play really any disco anymore. And yeah, you were the, doing the, it to say fuck to that. Fuck you, that guy. That's very boss was, of you. Yeah. It was gonna just, yeah, it was gonna be an entire like multi-year bit dedicated to making fun of a guy <laughs> who who we like, by the way, who we're fans of. Um, and then the next iteration of it was gonna be, I think it was called What If We're Wrong. And I think we'd been watching a lot of Solomon sets or something. Mm -hmm. There was a there's a Solomon edit of of uh, personal Jesus that we were listening to a lot. Like we should just be Tulum guys and wear robes and hats and look like Damian Lazarus for forgetting that we don't, there's, we have no taste. We, we like the pop music equivalent yeah. of that genre and nothing else. So that was an idea that we kicked around for a while uh -huh. and we formal, we really formalized as local singles only because we had that space yacht tune get signed with pool house mm -hmm. and we needed to come up with a name in a week i think they were asking what our name was and we just oh my we said God. okay we got to come up with the name uh you know what's the funniest thing we can think of we're like you know what is pretty funny is all this there's like craigslist ads that are always asking if you're in the area we should call ourselves yeah. local single so it came yeah. together organically but really we didn't the project wasn't serious until that that release happened and we didn't even know which is crazy because we're east coast guys we didn't know what space yacht was Sure. Like, I don't know. I don't know what Space Yacht is. I'm sure they want to release a record, whatever. And then the label ended up being a huge, huge deal because yes. Space Yacht's a huge deal. And we came into it totally blind, and we're like, 
we might have something like maybe we should keep doing this and yeah. then it's just sort of gone from there yeah amazing holy shit <laughs> you were on a timeline for a week and they were like all right what's your name you're like hmm well fuck yeah I, local singles is such a good name it really is it's all encompassing too are you guys even single funny story about that i we we both i think had ended up having serious relationship issues be partially because of the name we are for everyone out there who is watching if you like what you're seeing in this square yes uh-huh. we are we are both single <laughs> yes we are available by dm yes i'm looking for a tech house honey to roll around with me um but yeah it's it's been it's been interesting like trying to can get people on board girlfriends on board with the name i don't think we've ever both we've all both of us have been in a relationship the entire time the project has been active but never yeah. at the same time yeah 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 that happens with best friend best friends sometimes yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is so fucking awesome local singles baby and you came out hot with that release too. lose control boyish and pool house and i i of course you know i i knew who space yacht was and i've known who they were for a long time and then when they did this label I was like, this is it. Cause like they've followed a similar path as like a dirty bird and dirty bird started throwing parties and then it became a label and that shit fucking works, dude. And space yacht has a dedicated following. I mean, they, you know how it goes. They do secret lineups on fucking Tuesdays. Now they're doing tours all over the U S taking headliners like epic around and they're on the up and up and to see them release uh, tech, my house, it was called. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first uh, first issue of it. I think that was the first comp for house music. First so. issue. Yep. Yeah. Super high quality track, and boyish, very talented female duo, right? Yeah. But we had yeah. six people working on this fucking track, baby. No wonder it turned out so well. Well, let's hear how well this one turned out. This one's called "Lose Control" by Local Singles and Pool House, featuring Boyish on Space Yacht. <laughs> Dude, that was, I mean, Chaz, that's more your department because I stayed out of the, I stayed out of the mix on that one. I was so fresh to it. I was like, man, there's all these pros, pros here. I'm not even going to touch. I don't even, <laughs> even want to relay my ideas to anybody because they're here to learn. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I mean, I didn't learn anything obviously, but. Um, well, how yeah, did, I mean, tell me how you guys know Pool House though. Cause that was from back in the day, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we both have our own stories with them, which is pretty funny. Um, yeah. I worked with Devin briefly uh, with that music blog I mentioned earlier, Mugatunes, um, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and, you know, we both were producing kind of like that pop kind of future bass sound. And we actually did a remix together that got, was pretty popular. Um, it was a, a track by that singer, Max. Mm. Um, yeah, so, but then we kind of like drifted apart. You know, I didn't, you know, we, Dan and I didn't talk much. And then Zach has his story with uh, Pool House. 
Yeah, we, I mean, a bunch of my buddies went to Trinity and knew about Pool House and they had put out Percolating and a few of those other sort of early edits that, which is funny. Actually, Percolating is a funny track because there's still people who post that track. They just download it and post it as their own song. And it gets like 200,000 plays every time someone posts it. It is. I had an ongoing thing of commenting on everybody's SoundCloud link that uh, that posted that track and just be like, this sounds familiar. Like, you know, Devin, like, you know, do you know this song? He'd be like, yeah, like we'd go back and forth in their comments. (laughs) Absolutely tooling on them. It's pretty funny. Jesus, bro. Fucking copycats, man. I know. And I'm sneaky salty about it too. Cause I'm like, well, when is, when are we going to put out a sign? that's so sick. Someone's going to do that. You know, I'm a little, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bit pissed. We haven't yet. Um, but yeah, we, so we threw this big party of fundraiser UVA called, called the Will Barrow weekend. And we always booked a DJ and we were sort of scaling it up because there, there had, there, we gained some traction around the fundraising part of it. So we thought, okay, well, if we book a sick DJ, more people will come, we'll raise yep. more money. Yep. And those were, I didn't know how to book a DJ. So I just called pool house and had them come down. And it's funny because they actually have still a dedicated following of people from Virginia who, anytime we announce a lineup with them on it, hit us up and they're like my boys. And they're all like, oh, pool, pool house is going to be there. Pool is going to be there. We'll be there too. I'm like, fuck you, dude. You've been my friend for six or seven years. <laughs> And you won't come to a show that I'm headlining, but you'll come to a show because Pool House is on it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they left it. That was really when Tech House became a, they kind of put an imprint, a Tech House imprint on the UVA scene from that show. Awesome. Um, yeah, and it's been very full circle to do shows with them after having been a guy who booked them and was a fan and was just drunk, like wobbling around in a show. Like, this is sick. Yeah. And now we get to work with them all the time, which is so cool. It's amazing. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to them. I, I love those guys. And while we're at it, shout out to the deep root crew too, but it really is a fire track guys. And I I'm, I'm very impressed. It's one of those that goes on the USB. Honestly, you know how it goes. You, there are tracks that you share to your story. There are share, tracks you share to your friends. And there are tracks as a DJ, which is the highest, highest honor. You immediately stop what you're doing. You go on a beat port, you put that shit on record box and you make sure it makes it on the USB. And I really like the, the flow and the vibe of that one too. Dude, thank you. Yeah, that was a cool, it's a cool way to get our feet wet in the yeah. industry. And it's cool. It's cool to hear people just talk about playing anything we do out. It's still very surreal. Yeah. So I gotta start we, we appreciate for that. you guys. I, I I play your guys' tracks frequently. This next one, I actually, I don't know why I didn't record it. I was a little, little hammered at the club, but vibrancy and shout out to our guy Cloverdale. You got a collab coming out with we're gonna end on that, but love this label, love this guy. Lighters with Fovos. Yeah, we're gonna check this one out right now. This one's called Lighters by Local Singles and Phobos on Vibrancy. All the way in the back, from the back, the sides to the front. If you have a lighter in your pocket, bite it up, bite it up. All the way in the back, from the back, the sides to the front. Bring the lights down. dope track and it's heavy dark and it has this really good pace to it like i I like i like tech house and house that like kind of has this like forward momentum 
because sometimes it gets a little bit repetitive, right? When you get a little too simple and I like minimal stuff here and there, but the rides in my opinion are what really made this track special because it, it gives it that pace and he used lots of different types of sounds. And I want to know where the inspiration came from. And I'm, I'm whoever, whoever you think could ask answer this best too, because it's a sick track. Ah, oh, geez. I mean, that's, that's a tough one because, you know, Zach, at this point, Zach was sending me tracks left and right. You know, there was, yeah. never, there was never a text like, like with words coming from Zach. It was all just SoundCloud and Spotify links for maybe like five or six days. And then I was just ripping through all of them. I don't think I can pinpoint an exact, you know, inspiration track, but I will say that there was a lot of, I mean, anything like on night bass, I feel like it's more of like a, yeah. a bass housey kind of track. So I, sure. I mean, bass house, I mean, night bass, even like Box of Cats too was releasing a lot of kind of heavy stuff like that. I, I was listening to a lot. Um, yeah. Zach, what, what would you say? I was going to say it was probably better for you back then when I just sent you links, you didn't get my color. I didn't feel empowered to give you color commentary on what I liked about the songs. <laughs> yeah, I just send you songs that were good. That, it was an, no, that's an interesting one too, because that would, that came and shout out to truth and lies um, for the demo stream. Yep. Cause that's how we, that's how we learned a lot through those guys and they've been great mentors to us. And we still talk to them all the time. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit you know, I don't want to say on a peer level because they're still doing their thing and they're just they're just crushing every every track that comes out every every show they do just looks like it's it's next level. But um, yeah. we met Fovos in there and we thought Fovos had just put out an edit on is it blank or blog? I've never said it out loud. Blanc. I think it's, it's blog. Yeah, yeah, it's cooler. It's definitely cooler that way. Actually, that was another name it was Mont Blanc, Mount Blanc because like we wanted to. Rip no, off no, we were Point Blanc. Point oh, Blanc. Point Blanc. Point Blanc. Point Blanc. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. We were like, well, how do we name a house group? We're like, well, I don't know. Pool House just changed the, the spelling on the end of their name. So let's just do that with point blank and make it point blank. <laughs> that was a two day name, but we oh, met them. We God. thought they were fully super, just super, super famous. And they're, they've grown their following a lot, but we messaged, we DM them. We're like, Hey, do you guys want to collab? And they said, yes. Um, and so we just, we just sort of ended up shooting ideas back and forth. And this was actually an opening edit that we Chaz had put together just sort of a set opener because we also didn't understand. We'd never played a live show at that point. So we didn't understand that oh, when you're, when you're not a headlining DJ, you don't get to shut down the club for five minutes and play something <laughs> ominous as you come on the stage and say, oh, every show we do, we'll get a smoke show. We'll come up on stage. Everyone cheer. <laughs> yeah. Nine to 10 set times, like chill yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> So we had done a set, a, a really ominous, cool set opener, and we sent them just our whips, and they picked that out. And we almost said no to it because we we're like, "Well, we need that as our opener. We we can't give that away." Yeah. And thank God, thank God, we did because it's our on SoundCloud is our still our highest streaming track that we've done. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. And yeah, Clove has been so great. Also, so it was a good way to meet him. Is how we met Susan, and ultimately how we ended up yeah, meeting you. So that was oh, yeah. that was arguably the most important track we've done for sure. There you go. One connection leads to another, boys. That's what it's yep. all about. There it Love is. It. Great track. But what about this Dominique Proud of You remix? You guys totally fucking flipped the script and showcased your range. And the 6 a.m. remix you put on there, too. I was like, I hadn't heard this one from you guys. And I was so taken back because I, I love that vibe so much. Like that 6 a.m. shit and the, the colorful piano. And again, showcase your range, though. 
what how did this one come about and i don't know who dominique is so tell me about that whole story zach you got it money baby <laughs> uh no we were we were looking it was an opportunity that came to us they were looking for a remix on that track it came to us through our now our management um tom Ashley williams and lafair musicale mm-hmm. and we had been which we do with everybody just sending them music for months and months and saying sign us sign us sign us yeah and they said here's a remix opportunity well you know how what do you think you can do with this and we didn't know anything about it. We just got the vocal stems. Dominique's super talented and she's been on some, some really big house tracks since we did that remix and does great originals and, and was really cool to work with. And, and it's interesting doing remixes for people because you have people that are super, the best people do remix, remixes for are the people who are like, take it, do whatever you want with it. I don't care what the end yep. product is. I like your art, do right. your art. And then you have other people who get the remix back and like, well, this wasn't what I was expecting. So yeah. No. And she was, she was super cool about the whole thing. Really, really, really gave us a ton of creative license to do what we wanted. But we, we took that opportunity more than anything else because we, we saw it as a test from, from the LaFair guys, which is, well, how fast can we turn around remixes? How fast can we turn around two remixes? Yeah. And how good are they going to be? I bet if we do a really good job on this, we'll get signed. And again, sort of the same thing, which is those, they ended up streaming pretty well on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, really different for us. We wanted to experiment and showcase our range, which I railed against, by the way. And thank God we did it. Because <laughs> I was like, Chaz, we should turn this into a techno track, dude. We need the street cred. We need yeah. the street cred. We need the street cred. Yeah. Sending me a ton of these techno tracks, or even just like MK dubs, where it's just like three seconds of the vocal r- repeated over the whole track. Yeah. With a big fat drop. Uh-huh. Another another thing I do frequently that he despises <laughs> every time we do a song, I take the vocal and I loop like two syllables from it for six minutes. <laughs> I put, don't put in anything except a, a 909 ride and a really, really tonal kick, a really fat tonal kick and don't even do a baseline. Just do the Will Clark like subby yeah. tail, like reverse <laughs> tail thing. Yeah. And then it'll just all be driven by vocal chops and cymbals. Jesus. <laughs> That's intense, bro. Eventually. It'll happen eventually. I'll have to cave in at some point. Um, yeah. He's pressuring you too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get it done one day. We'll get it done one day, and then we'll send it to MK, and we'll just be like, dude, you have to – you don't understand. You have to play this, and we'll DM him a thousand times until yeah. he responds. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. He'll say yes. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> He'll eventually answer. Amazing. So, like I said, we talked about – uh, you guys release on the Hood Politics live stream, but I want to talk about it again because uh, DJ Susan was probably tweaking out on Adderall. And, uh, you know, he goes, <laughs> he goes from one topic to the next. And I'm like, Susan, these are really good tracks. I want to ask them how they fucking made it. <laughs> <laughs> but before we talk about the tracks, what you guys did talk about on the live stream with him was incessantly following up. And you guys have been big fans of Hood Politics for a while. I mean, that's at least what you said. And I really respected that. And you've mentioned it a few times, though. What what was the process like of getting signed on Hood Politics? We're, I'll start, Chaz. I guess I'll start with the approach, and then you can talk about how we wrote the song because it's they're they're pretty distinct and both pretty cool stories. Yeah, we DJ Susan. It was right after we became really big fans of DJ Susan after that Glasgow Underground release that he did. You know, we, we had heard yeah. his stuff and followed hood politics for a while, but 
DJ Susan, mm-hmm. we, we weren't looking at people as DJs or like labels as labels. We just knew the hood politics art and we knew we did a lot of, we downloaded all their free downloads and we really yeah. liked a lot of their releases. Right. And we knew DJ Susan was putting out heaters. Right. But quite frankly, I thought DJ Susan, when, when he did that Glasgow Underground release, was actually a woman named DJ Susan. And I, <laughs> and I was really intimidated to talk, to talk to DJ Susan because I was like, damn, dude, this chick is pumping the sickest, most aggressive tech house <laughs> bangers. Like, I don't know. I don't even know how I'm going to interact with this chick because she's going to be so hardcore. And he, he went, so Duke Pool House had been like, oh, you know, DJ Susan's down in Tulum. And I was like, I can't. This chick's probably just the coolest chick on earth. Like, yeah, I, there's no I possible way. Um, but so we, we, we got linked up via vibrancy and we just were sort of, we sort of just meshed on vibe instantly in the yeah. group chats and in the streams. So we hit him up and he's like, we got to get a song out on Hood Polly. Mm-hmm. And for people who know DJ Susan, they know when DJ Susan says something like that, yeah. it'll happen, but it'll happen like in a year because yep. he's just doing, he's just building his empire. He's focused on, oh, yeah. on his, on his build, which is awesome, but he just got a lot going on. And I think yeah. it's the same of anyone in the industry. Like yeah. everyone's got so much going on. So we just DM'd him raw, like, like maybe 50 times. <laughs> and every single time he's like, this is a sick track, big one, boys. I'm like, okay, are you going <laughs> to sign it? And so we started checking the stats on it and we saw that he wasn't listening. He wasn't listening to it. And he was just being really a really cool guy because he liked us as people and just yeah. encouraging us to keep going, but yeah. he wasn't listening to it. So finally we were like, okay, we need to make this so tailored for Hood Polly that he can't, and we just, day after day listen 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 this is for you we wrote this for you mm-hmm. and that's what finally got him to listen and i mean Chaz, you can talk oh, yeah. about the production of it and and how you tailored it to the, the hood poly sound and all that but yeah i mean i think that just goes to show when you when you're when you if you're out there you're listening to this you're thinking about getting something signed to a label yeah people really really respect when you when you put in the time and effort to make something for them or that was inspired by the art that they're doing and yeah. not just don't just spam people don't go out and spam record labels with really generic stuff that you could send to almost anybody write stuff with a sound in mind and write mm-hmm. it for someone and it's a little bit you you're putting yourself out there because if they don't like it yep you're like oh man fuck like that sucks i wrote that for them and they didn't like it what's coming out what's all my other music gonna be like that i don't write for somebody um yep but it, it does go a long way and people appreciate it, especially someone like DJ Susan, who, um, you know, is he's doing something very, very specific in the sense yeah. that he's got his crowd, he's got his sound and those people ride and die for him. And he's not going to do something that he doesn't stand by. So you yeah. can send him a great track, but if he does, if he wouldn't play it out, it's not getting signed. And sure, you know that you just signed a track with that. Uh, yeah man he said that's his thing make me a track for hood poly don't just send me some of your whips that you think are good thinking that this is going to be the fit it's got to be made in mind and that's the whole point of a label i think a lot of labels will just sign anything if it's a certain level or if it's a slap house or whatever trend is going on right now and that's what lasts as a label too so i love that story thanks for sharing that what what about the actual production because dude raw and shoe booter like, first off, Shoe Booter, what a great name for <laughs> All right, we're going to listen to this one real quick before they explain the meaning. This one's called Shoe Booter by Local Singles on Hood Politics Records. I know. 
actually we've had so many people just ask us even like even our manager is just like what is a shoe boot <laughs> what is this <laughs> and i didn't even know until zach told me and and it's i mean zach if you want to tell them what it is i'll go i'll, I'll hit it i'll hit it briefly because i'm i'm going on and on but yeah shoe booter is just a term a, a couple of close friends of ours used to describe um I think everyone's seen it. If you've ever been to a rave, there's a song that comes on that's just so heavy. People start throwing up for whatever reason, like for whether they're too drunk or the mosh pit's going too hard or they, you know, they're on a little plus plus and it's just hitting differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start seeing people throw up in the crowd and we're like, well, how can we take the essence of that and just put it, synthesize it into a song? Yeah. What's all the biggest sounds we can find and Chaz killed himself for two days screaming that vocal. There's no distortion on it. It's just because his voice is so worn out and he's screaming so loud into the mic. It's naturally distorted. Um, so no big ups way. to Chaz. Yep. Yep. I was out. I was, I was back home at the time and I was uh, just screaming at the top of my lungs. Uh, Can you feel me? Like, like, so much, like so much. And it was just over and over and over again to the point where I was done. And I was like, I, I couldn't talk. Like I actually couldn't talk. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was such, it was a fun process though. I mean, it was, it was yeah. cool, but would I do it again? Would I like scream that much? Probably not, <laughs> you know? Um, but I'd with love to see talk, a candy clip of that. You know, maybe, maybe I didn't take any videos, but I'll, maybe I'll do it just for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But with Raw, we were just, you know, Zach and I were talking back and forth. We were just like, all right, so Hood Poly has a specific sound where every single track is an absolute banger. Like, yeah. you know, club play, you know, like people, gets the people going. Yep. What, how much absurdity can we just put into one track? And, mm-hmm. you know, we, I came across, uh, I was doing a little bit of like synthesis and, and sound design and that boop thing, like the, the big... Uh, you know, the big came across my plate and I was just like, all right, that's gotta be in there. It's gotta be in there. And then Zach sent me the, uh, like the Raga style vocals. And I love those. From that point on, it was just, it turned into an absolute bang show. Bro. That's also a quick, a quick, uh, anecdote. The first, we threw these things called techno bangers. We call them techno bangers in middle school. And it was just mashups. It was a mashups party. We go in someone's basement. Nice. It was one of those one of those weird sort of like not pre-pubescent things, but it's sort of like everyone was just finding 
out that they liked, you know, chicks or liked dudes. So everyone yeah. go in this basement and turn all the lights off. We listen to, to EDM mashups and like everyone make out with each other. You know, it's one of those like <laughs> sort of spin the bottle parties, this weird, uncomfortable preteen or, or, or early teen things. Yeah. And so we, me and my buddy, uh, our good buddy Dylan had, we're like, well, we got to call it. We had, we need a DJ name. And our first DJ name ever was Sweaty Rhythms. Which is if I still my personal SoundCloud URL is soundcloud.com backslash sweaty rhythms, which is the name of the EP and sort of where we like we gotta we gotta do a quick ode to the techno bangers because Damn. it's uh it's just too juicy not to. No fucking B sides on Hood Polly, guys. That's that's rule number two. Never unbelievable. Never. <laughs> the whole thing about it, you like. When we did that live stream, I could like feel your guys' energy, like how excited you were. And I just like lived off that for two weeks. And then when the tracks dropped, I was like, mm, God, these are fucking good. <laughs> just these grunting. Really- <laughs> Dude, and, and you're right. Like every track on Hood Polly is like a peak hour bang bang, nut clapper, whatever you want to fucking call it, baby. Guess the people moving. Both of those tracks. That those are my favorite track. I think, I think honestly, Raw is my favorite track from you guys. Oh, we appreciate it, dude. That's our, I think that's our, our most consistently rinsed release thing, you know, yeah. song that's out too. We, we play that so consistently. People love it. I mean, people love like a Jamaican yeah. guy screaming into the mic. There's, <laughs> there's no situation where that's missing. You can, you can no. drop that anywhere. People are like, yeah, that's sick. <laughs> Chaz, is it weird when you hear, when you play that out and you hear your voice like that loud? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> It just brings me back to just screaming into a microphone and trying to pretend to be like a really shitty preacher, you know, like, dude, it's pretty uh, sick. Yeah, we're we're thinking we're thinking if I ever develop the courage for it to to do it live. And yeah. Um, but that, that might be a little down the road. I got to I got to get my confidence up. OK, we'll work on that. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys get the ball rolling with in rotation and. I've interviewed so many people that have released on in rotation and it is such a fucking special label. It's obviously a below insomniac, but it's kind of like their, it's their house arm of the label, but it's not like normal house. Like it's, it's left field. You know, they've had side piece reliefs on there. My boy, uh, Trey Mortimer released on their Belmont boys. And it's like really unique type of house. And your guys track mirrors, I mean, it was it was a big stamp of approval to be on that label and to be on that that VA as well. And it just has a little bit of bit, a little bit of everything in this track, too. And again, showcase your range. How did it feel before even talking about the track to actually release on in rotation, knowing the credibility? Let's check this one out real quick before we discuss it. This one's called Mirrors by Local Singles off in rotation.
Dude, it was a big moment. That was a, that was one of those ones where we signed it. And that's actually the first of three uh, tracks dropping on in rotation. So we have a waterfall EP coming out over the next couple of months. We have a, a collab with Sodaf, uh, oh. which we're really excited about. Yeah, there's another another one, another one of those DJs that we were just huge fans of, and we just incessantly messaged them until they agreed to collab, <laughs> probably yeah. to shut us up. But that was that was when we were we had signed that EP NVA, and then the box of cats EP we have coming out yeah. in October in the same. Once it was the same day or the same 48 hours, we're like, okay, we're here. We're mm. real. We're really, we can do this. And yeah, in rotation was just one that we had watched every, you, you watch everyone who is a big name who we were fans of had done an in rotation release yep. within the last year. And we left this one on the demo playlist by accident. And actually chats, if you want to talk about, you should talk about the, the piece of it, the, the back and forth conflict about this track, because there was quite a bit of it. Uh, we left it on the demo playlist by accident and they picked it up sort of as a surprise. So we were so, so thrilled that they took it because we had no expectation that it was going to get signed by anybody. Wow. Yeah. yeah I mean, the whole thing was just like Zach in the simplest way to put it is like Zach hated it and I liked it. <laughs> there was like a few things in there that Zach wasn't a fan of. And I was like, ah, oh, but it, you know, it's kind of necessary, blah, blah, blah. We just went back and forth. It was, uh, it was probably for like a good three weeks of just bouncing back and forth between the track. Yeah. You know, and finally, you know, was on the demo playlist, got picked up and I, I felt a little good after, after getting picked up, I was like, see Zach, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> And there's been there's there's been stuff that's the like the flip side. I think that's what's cool about being a duo is we both have sort of different tastes, and that's just something I don't, I don't, I didn't. I've come around to it since then. It's obviously, in, if in rotation says the track's good, track's good. There's yeah. no dis, there's no dispute about it. Yes, but I yeah I just that style of music that sort of bass house style. I'm just not as deep into in my own curation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something I'm listening to is actively. So I don't know what's cool in that genre right now. And, and he sent that right. to me and I was like, I was like, dude, I don't, I don't know. There's just like, it's a weird, it's kind of a weird one. I don't know if that really tracks with, you know, with the other music we're making or whatever. He's like, no, trust me, this track's good. And then truth and lies same, said the same thing. We sent it to them. They're like, that is one that you should send out immediately to everybody. And I was like, the fuck dude does no one know what they're talking about am i the only guy am i the only guy in this industry who knows what good music is and, it was, and then in rotation signed it too as like, all right everyone everyone who's listening to this track except for me loves it uh-huh. um and yeah since then I've, I've come around to it obviously and just it's a really cool really unique track which i think is it's always good to have a couple of those out there that are just super super different and like you said yeah, it's kind of like a sure. left field left field kind of i mean yeah, we were we were Big Night Live a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Jay Wara played it. We were on stage with her, and she, and we were like, "Whoa, that is crazy!" Well, I, Jay Wara for us is like, Dude, that's the played, ultimate validation. She played two of your tracks then. Two. Yeah. That was a cool night. Day trip too. She played Mirrors at Day Trip, and that was pretty. Oh surprising. yeah, 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 yeah. You shared that video. The fucking massive crowd of people, and like our tune is being rinsed to like thousands of people. Like that's insane. It, it's it blows my mind every day it's awesome guys keep riding that fucking energy and i mean she played by the time this episode is out your new track i'll provide with cloverdale 
we got a full circle moment on Noizu's label, Techni, right? And mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I, 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 I honestly, I've been staying patient. I wanted to ask for the full version, but I'm, I'm going to buy and support this motherfucker. And I listened to it on Cloverdale's story. Finally, I got a high quality version. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> I get it. This track is sick. Gotta know about this one, guys. When did you actually finish it with Cloverdale? We got to check this one out because it's such a dope track. This one's called Ill Provide by Local Singles in Cloverdale off Techno Records. I'd say it was, uh, ago. yeah. Um, it was funny. We like actually haven't had the actual, like the the final master for the track for the last couple months. We've been rinsing the tune for yeah. our shows. We've been playing like my shitty self master. Your <laughs> <laughs> self masters aren't shitty, dude. They're the, they're just the loudest self masters in the entire so world. So loud. <laughs> they're so goddamn loud if you look at we and it was funny because we were like oh should we like maybe make them a little less loud and we looked at mixes like pool house put it in a mix or one of our ids in a mix and it was like kind of like the soundcloud wave and then it yeah. was our song and then it went <laughs> that's how people that's how that's how we'll know when people are rinsing our stuff is yeah, it just the, the yeah so sick Jesus. So, but did you get you guys got the proper intro with you when you released on Vibrancy? Or were you hustling Clovey just like you did everybody else too, trying to develop a relationship? He was one a guy that we were using. You know, not you. I shouldn't say using, but we saw him more as a mentor. Like the feedback we were getting from him was less. Oh, let's collab on this, and we were using him as a resource who was clearly a guy who wanted to help the scene grow because he's running a, a label that really specializes yeah, yeah. in emerging artists or, or people who, you know, aren't necessarily on a lot of bigger labels. So we knew he's he was a, a guy, guy that wanted such, he's the best guy. He's the best guy in the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just sent him some whips and we're like, Oh, can we get feedback on these? Cause we're going to send them out. You know, maybe we do another release of vibrancy. We're thinking about shopping to um some of the, some other labels can you just you know help guide us because you've been on confession you've been on inro yeah. and he came back to us as kind of a surprise and said this is really really dope i think there's a few things i can adjust in here let's make it a collab wow and and that was that yeah damn it does, it does stem back to truth and lies too because he was a guest host on uh one of their episodes that we submitted to and he heard one of our tracks and was like you know that's that's pretty good you know let's talk <laughs> That's um, awesome. Shout out Truth and Lies again for Yeah, they story. invented us basically. We're just we're just a, a Truth and Lies subsidiary. <laughs> they invented you. Those guys are good guys, man. Incredible, incredible. And we got we got to I got to mention two tracks though. And you know I found them your SoundCloud edits. Work it and shake your booty. You guys contributing back to the SoundCloud economy. Thank you on behalf of DJs. We appreciate that shit. And I clicked on more and I was like, are these guys that good of guys that I can download directly and I don't have to go through the fucking gates? 
Yes, you are. Wow, you're actually, I think you're the first one that's like. I mean, oh, no. Answer, but, uh, say, say it again. Say it oh, again. Crap. All right. I, I said you're probably one of the first people that appreciates the, the free download directly from SoundCloud instead of all the gates and stuff. Because we've always talked about, like, we got to set that up. Like, we got to we got to get gates going. We got to, you know, have people follow our accounts so that they can listen to our music, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you appreciate it, then we're not probably going to do it. I mean, well, here's that a- stuff matters, but I'm going to play your track. Like, you made it easy for me to get that shit. Yeah, here's the thing, too, which is going to be uh, a little bit of a secret moving forward. We did gain a track and no one listened to it and we gained no followers. Uh, so it was just, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, I mean, it was a weird, it was a weird one. It's private now. We took it off SoundCloud. It was a miss. I'll, 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 I'll air us out. It was one of those ones that we were like, this is either really weird or really, really dope. And uh-huh. we're going to find out. And it was really weird. Um, <laughs> we gained like maybe five followers from it. We're like, why the fuck did we do this? We just gated this and now no one's downloading it. No one's listening to it. No one's supporting it. So I think anything moving forward, we'll just rely on the organic the organic follows and uh, you know what if you're listening to our stuff just throw us a follow because it matters it's like we get paid on the people decide how much money to pay us based on our follower count which you may not know if you're not in the industry if you are supporting artists follow them on soundcloud follow them on spotify follow them on instagram mute them it doesn't even matter i don't care if you're visiting my page i don't care about how often you're interacting with me but just you if you like what we're doing and you show up to shows you listen to our music just throw the follow to us and to any other artists because that is Talent buyers look at that and it's the difference between making not enough money to cover your expenses to get to the show and being able to do it comfortably and be around and just, it's a crazy weird gate that this industry creates where there are guys who are so incredible, but they don't have high follower counts and you don't see them at shows and you can't enjoy their music live. And that sucks, but it's the reality. It's true. I know. And I I, I wish people were a little more open-minded to support and I think I talk about this all the time. It's so important these days, too, that you spread the word to your friends through word of mouth. I think we can all agree that the oversaturation of ads on social media and, of course, all the things that happened during the elections over the years with Facebook, people don't really believe what they see on the Internet. There was a time where we found out that Wikipedia wasn't all factual. And I was like, really? Because <laughs> I write all my papers based on the fact that it's uh, Wikipedia information, right? And now people trust word of mouth more than they ever did. It's like the fucking forties again, man. Like I'm reading the newspaper thinking, okay, this is real print media. And that's what people got to do. Like say, Hey, these are my friend. This is my friend. Let's go to the show. Follow them. You got to follow them. I'm doing that for fucking all of the hood politics releases. Every time I'm like, go follow this person. They're doing cool stuff. Like, they're, they're giving you their all. And it sucks that that shit matters. Like the follow count. But, and it even sucks even more that that shit can be bought too. You know, but we all, we all know when that shit happens. When you, It's not the real engagement. And you guys, that's why I'm like, I've seen you guys actually. I think when you released on Hood Politics, you maybe had like 300 followers on Instagram. And now you're up to like 750 and eight. And I see like thousands of views on your guys videos and all these awesome comments that I'm like these are real fucking local singles fans and that's cool that's really cool and like I've worked for a long time to build my following and I just did a free giveaway for a festival I'm playing and 122 people commented to win and it was like the best engagement I've ever had and I'm like they're real they're fucking real people out there baby (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) 
So I, I know what you mean. And I hope, I hope that resonates with people. Like a little bit goes a long way, even if it's just a follow. Mm-hmm. And that is, and it's interesting you say that too, because you do see that. I think you see that in crowds of shows. It was something we discussed before. There's yeah. headliners who have a ton of followers. Yep. And they come in, they get brought into cities to headline shows. And the fact of the matter is there's no one who's there to see those headliners. They're all there. There's, they maybe have 20,000 followers, but they have a hundred fans and there's, there's lower level artists or artists without the follower count that have hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of fans who will come out to see them every single time they play. Even if they're playing twice a week in a city, we're seeing people who are showing up week after week. Yeah. There's not, we don't have, you know, the flashy Instagram stats, but if you want to sell out a show, you call up the people that, you know, the hood politics guys, yep. the, the Sherms, you know, you are a hood politics guy. So I guess we'll just, we'll catch I you. I want to specify. Yeah, baby. I got the shirt on. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> we'll specify that we're on your show. So it's the Sherm guys and then it's the hood politics yeah. guys, not the other way around. Hell yeah. Um, but those are the guys that, that really are the backbone of the industry. And it's cool. Yeah. It's cool to be a headliner. And when we're headliners, I'm sure we'll say, fuck, fuck everybody. We're headliners. Yeah. We don't need anyone else, <laughs> but you know, it's the, it's the backbone of the industry and that's where the, the real fan engagement comes from and where the rowdiest crowds come from. Yeah, totally agree. No, I, I totally agree. You just got to be yourself, man. Unapologetically yourself. When I started doing that and not worrying about being what I thought a cool DJ had to be, and you start meeting some of those people and like, they're kind of lonely people sometimes, man. You know what I mean? Like you got a blue check mark and 50,000 followers, but like, are you happy who you hanging out with? Like when you come back home to your city, like, does anybody give a fuck? A lot of times? No. And that sucks. We got told, I'm not going to say who it was, but we were, uh, had a security team come around and tell us we weren't allowed to make eye contact with one of the bigger name. Yeah. (laughs) which is crazy. That was a crazy moment. That's when we're like, whoa, this is serious. And it wasn't even so much like, oh, fuck this guy for this policy. It was like, wow, this game gets really serious when you get to a different level. And that just yeah. must be a crazy, crazy thing to be so isolated from everybody. We thrive off the energy so much to be isolated from everyone like that to the point where you can't make eye contact with your Dude. fans. is really a crazy concept. It's mm. true. It, it does get to a weird level. And my goal, I think, everybody's goal in music is, is similar just to be big and have fans and love what you're doing. And what my goal has started to become is like just making genuine friendships and connections like we're doing here right now. Like I want to be at the backstage of the festival, like so excited to see all of my friends that I've had on the podcast or I've connected with over the years and like hang out with them. Cause like I said, like that's fulfilling to me. I, I enjoy that. And when I'm happy, people can get on that fucking bus. You know what I mean? A lot of people wear their heart on their sleeve whether it be for better or for worse. And that's what I've started shooting towards. And that's, that's how life's supposed to, I'm having the most fun I've ever had boys. Life's good. Hell yeah. Let's go. Cheers Ooh. to that. Sure. I love to hear that. That's why yeah. we love you. There a we go. Water, a little water. Yeah. Bunch of water. Eight fifty on a Tuesday. <laughs> we're, 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 yeah, we're just still hung over from the weekend actually people. Oh boy. Dude, we did our first, uh, we haven't we haven't ever done a show in boston that's not true i mean we've done we've done stuff in boston but we came back finally for the first time yeah it, properly with the friday beers guys yeah, uh, who have been huge. our dude really cool and they Are were they also boston? no that i went to high school with um with one of them that i'm good friends with i've been going to their wedding in the fall um nice. the, the oldest brother and the middle brother is a, a good buddy of mine as well and we did our first proper boston play so you can imagine it got hectic yeah <laughs> boat party you said 
boat party, 800 people sold out, not on our power, on their power, but hell, it's a sold out crowd and it's a rowdy crowd. So who cares? Right. Like it was sick. And it was a pro- music. It was, they were dubious dude. Cause the Friday beers thing, the press play thing is a lot of, um, is a lot of sort of nostalgia, a lot of sort of EDM mashups. Some of the stuff that when you were, that's, it's a callback to when you were, you know, in college or in high school and you were sort of getting rowdy for the first time and all those really euphoric, they're updated. You know, they have a current, I was actually really impressed with, which is crazy for me to say, because I hate EDM. I hate, I despise any, <laughs> anything that is in a, in a major key can just go fuck itself. <laughs> I, I, um, but it was, I was actually really, they had a, they had a really current sound for how nostalgic it was intended to be. And the mm-hmm. crowd was really dubious. We opened with a, an unreleased edit that, uh, that biscuits passed to us and everyone was kind of like, what the fuck is this? Cause it is a heavy, it's a heavy tune. Yeah. And it took, you know, it was five, 10 minutes. They were still, they, we had been rained out. So they moved all the lights inside. The lights weren't quite on yet. The speaker system, I think got unplugged for a minute, like five minutes into the set. <laughs> they, the, the sound guy came around and stepped on the cord by accident. It was like, oh, oh my God, we're back God. to the red. Which by the way, you get really good at if you do enough renegade parties, anytime that happens. And also it's good because if you fuck up and you're, you know, you're too drunk or something at, at three in the morning after doing a 10 hour set, yeah. the trick is you just find the first girl in the crowd who looks like she's maybe a little bit like doe-eyed and doesn't really know. Maybe she's a little disoriented. Yeah. And you just point at her and you're like, what did you do? What did you do? <laughs> Savage. There was, there was a guy on one of our first renegades. Um, I forget what I forget what happened. I don't know if the CDJ broke or it was someone screwed something up or left a filter on or something. Something funky happened and we did that. Yeah. We were just like, what did you do? And everyone was like, oh, and we gave us time to do, you know, fix whatever was happening. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was cool. It was cool to be back. And it was a proper crowd. And they got on board with Tech House uh, about 15 minutes in. And then from there, we were cruising. You got to educate people. People don't know uh, People don't know what's going on. And a lot of stuff that's mainstream to us is, is totally unknown or stuff people haven't ever heard of or crazy, you know, crazy, so crazy things. So, so true. it was cool. It's our job to expose them. That was actually my next question is like, where do you think house music is at right now and, and branch in tech house and all that sort of stuff? And where do you think it's going to be in the next five years? And I guess maybe Chaz, you want to answer it from a production standpoint and then maybe from like an actual cultural standpoint, and then we'll see what Zach thinks too. Yeah. I mean, I will say that experimentation is, is really popular right now. There's yeah. so many sounds that are being played and, and people producing that yeah. have just, they're, they've never been heard before. And, mm-hmm. you know, I really hope that that, that keeps happening and, and not a lot of people get lumped into the same sound all the time and, you know, using the same samples all the time, uh, you know, progression and, and trying new things are, is the only way like you can grow and you can, you know, uh, like start new trends or, you know, find people that like the same things as you, how, how are they going to know that if you're not using that sound design or that, cool little sample you found on splice that nobody else knows about and yeah, yeah, yeah you know i think that as long as that keeps happening like we'll all be in a good spot in the next like five years where just we're yeah. finding new things to like and finding new things to do mm-hmm. yeah for sure it's so cool to see like it like again it's our job especially even sometimes when i play maybe more of an open format gig here and there I will throw in some house with maybe a, a mashup vocal over it, right? And you kind of mm-hmm. trick people into it. 
And they're like, oh yeah, like this actually isn't bad. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's house music. Like it's, it's okay to dance. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, Zach? It's interesting. It's interesting because I'm big. I'm really, really big into the history of, and I'm not one of the guys who can just reel off um, you know, everyone from the nineties, all the big songs from the nineties that started it. I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, I, I love all the old Josh Wink stuff. Um, uh-huh. nice. but that's cause of Chris, right. That's cause of Chris Lake. It's not really cause I love Josh Wink. It's because yeah. Chris Lake did an edit of Josh Wink and that's how I found all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but the, the first of all, progressive is back in a big way. Progressive house borderline trance. We're, yeah. we've been mixing in some old, we've been dropping some old, like Steve Angelo stuff. Yeah. Um, and even some, even some old borderline big room stuff that just has those big, those big kind of like, I don't want to call them Fisher leads, but I will just because everyone knows what that means. Yeah. Those like big saw waves, those, those really big drops. Um, yeah. It's, it's weird. Cause I think it's kind of going in two directions, which is a lot of the stuff from the early two thousands and late nineties is coming back. That really tip, you know, the, the nineties yeah. house is really big. We actually had a musical director of, um, uh, of a hotel tell us that nineties house is all they want played. And we're like, well, that's a mistake, but okay. Um, <laughs> so again, going back to, oh, oh, okay. Yo, you should just DJ that. You do it. Yeah. yeah exactly. so you know what people want. Um, exactly. But nineties house is really big. Again, uh, I think progressive house with a big room leaning sound is kind of circling back. Not true EDM, not true big room, but like, yeah vintage culture is dropping i went to a vintage culture set the other night he dropped almost only progressive house for like two hours it was it was very very minimal amounts of a true tech house and almost yeah. all stuff that was swedish guys from 2003 that kind of oh, stuff i love that yeah but but then the other way it's trending is like the minimal stuff i mean i could go on about this for so long since this is a dangerous question to ask me yeah yeah, but the, yeah i understand the, the minimal stuff that's almost nothing except a hi-hat a couple different hi-hats and a kick and a bass line and a really really sweet vocal sample mm-hmm. that's like black book the stuff black book is dropping right now is borderline minimal house, which is crazy. Right. So it's, I guess the long, the the short of it is that a lot of the sort of historically big house music genres that are typical and that everyone knows loves are starting to come back in one shape or form, one shape or, you know, uh, another. And then there's also these experimental offshoots that are really gaining traction in places like the UK yeah. Um, LA has its own sound. Now I think we're going to see a lot of sub genres emerge mm-hmm. by region in, in the States, even like Miami has its own sound. Now yeah. the, 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 the pandemic just created a Miami sound, which is the Tulum sound, but no one in Miami knows that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just gave you a non-answer, but like, <laughs> there's a lot of different, basically a lot of, a lot of sweet stuff. <laughs> uh, I agree. And I think it has to do a lot with our generation that you mentioned the Avicii, the Hardwell era, right? Like that got us into it. And you can only go so hard to that shit for so long, but you still love the music. You still want to go to events and you can go to a three, four, five hour house set. That's vintage culture. That's Chris Lake. That's Fisher, those big names. And listen to us. We want to play 10 hour sets, bro. I want to play a 10 hour house set. People can party all night to that shit and not feel like they're head banging or jumping too much. And I think that's why it's culturally and socially in the United States specifically, we know it's how big it is everywhere else is now being much more accepted. Like you even have like uh, 
place in Chicago petitioning for 24 hour nightclubs, right? Like that was a thing in the fucking nineties, you know, Chicago house music, man. It was like looked down upon the OGs, the Frankie Knuckles of the world that were resident DJs here. Marshall Jefferson, I'll, I'll name drop for you. Cause I'm, I'm a, I'm a Chicago history buff too, bro. Oh yeah. Like move your body with that piano house shit coming back with that quick percussion black book is dropping shit like that tool room has always been a big proponent of that too you see in row dropping left field stuff and taking chances and it's fucking working i've never been more excited to be a house dj and always have wanted to be a house dj and committed to that from a production standpoint and like i like to do it all like i like i like all types of music but where house music is at on, on Chaz's note it's very experimental but it all kind of is falling under this big big umbrella and it's it's really inspiring too honestly that's a great way to say what I just rambled for three minutes about, which is there's, just no, you, genre, there's no genres <laughs> anymore. There's no genres anymore. Everything, yeah. every element of every subgenre is just sort of blending. Fucking John Summit, dude, made, he just made tribal. He just made tribal house cool again, which has been, it's been so niche for so long. And all of yeah. a sudden everyone's like, damn, tribal house is sick. Yeah. And saved records is sick, which is a super niche label that no one in the States. Super niche. And all of a sudden now they're like Nick Fanchuli is on higher ground. I mean, he's Dude. he's been on that lineup, but like people are stoked to go see him all of a sudden, which is crazy. And you can kind of tell too, if you look at the Las Vegas scene, like they do Art of the Wild there at where the same places that the Chainsmokers play and that shit sells the fuck out. El Rowe coming to Chicago and doing a festival here. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's really cool. Like, and, and Nick Fanchuli playing at the same club where Tiesto plays at and it's selling out like, I love that shit. And I love to see that happening because we know how talented those guys are and how good of sets they play and music they make. And yeah, it's, it's a good thing right now uh, for the house world. And you see a lot of the older guys complain sort of because they're like, Oh, you guys are just going to get EDM because the house music is the new EDM and whatever, bro. It's fun as shit right now. And we'll see what happens and what's happened in the past may not be the same thing that happens in the future. And it's just, it's a fun time to be, in the music industry in the house music industry right now too yeah sure i'm interested to get your perspective as someone who's talked to a lot of djs and a lot of yeah. people who are who are really serious not i want to say pretentious but true artists true yeah. house music artists yeah uh and then there's and even the other side of it who are people who are just like pure party guys who just want to party all the time <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm curious to get your perspective on on the gatekeeping that happens in in house music where there's it's sort of this weird resistance to all the up and comers. And there's a oh. group of guys who are, Oh, well, he can't, what a joke he is. Everyone likes him. So he sucks. You know, that, that kind of thing. He's ruining house music and it's, it's weird. It's a weird concept to me, but I don't know. I feel like some, you have an interesting perspective. Some are open to it. I think the most simple way I can put it is adapt or die. A lot of these older guys who have been in the game that have all the power, they refuse to use social media to their advantage. They refuse to conform to the times TikTok might as well be the, the number 666 to them. Like, and I know a lot of older guys that are very aware and they acknowledge that like younger guys are on the hunt right now. They get, they're just getting tired, but they're gatekeepers and they have power because a lot of them have power at venues, but they can only last so long. And the fact of the matter is when it comes down to getting booked by agents at big shows, there's only two questions they ask. Can you sell tickets? And what have you done for me lately? And people like you guys are going out and selling tickets and also offering things to them, whether it's a collaboration, whether it's shows in New York, whether it's just like a friendly connection. 
So I think you guys are doing everything right. And I think what I see in the gatekeeping world of the older generation, they're just not adapting, man. And it's sad to see because so many of them are good people, but they get frustrated, they get jealous. And there's always going to be frustrated and jealous people. But it's like, I don't know, the times are changing and you have to adapt or you're going to die. Damn, well said. Well said. That's why you're pro. That's why you're, uh, that's why you got a podcast. You're very articulate, very articulate, man. (laughs) (laughs) And no, honestly, great fucking question. And it's something that I talk about and think about all the time, dude. And I always ask people, I think we all want to know, you get into the music industry, how do I get booked? How do I eventually play Lollapalooza? How do I eventually play Tomorrowland? If that's your goal. And it takes a long fucking time is the answer to do that. And it's oh, the yeah. people you meet along the way. And it's things that you do for them selflessly. You can't give to get. Um, you have to give to learn and understand. And it's, it's a long road, but it's not an unhappy and not smooth road if you get people in your fucking car and you're going on a road trip. You know what I mean? So that's why I just, I'm, I'm hopeful for a lot of people that are getting into it right now. But for anybody listening that is getting into this shit, you got to know it's going to take a while and not everybody pops right away. And John Summit, he, he's been doing this, guys. I just interviewed his videographer uh, two episodes ago, right? Got the whole background story on Summit. I know Summit. He's been doing this shit for a long fucking time. And guess what he did during the pandemic? He adapted. He fucking blew up and he used social media to his advantage. And now he's got a Fisher thing going. He's got enough music to backfill Uh, the actual production aspect, but people want to get on the party train with them, dude. And if that's your brand, fucking do it. So that that would be my thing. I got to share. I got to share offline with you because we, at Summit's a guy that we DM incessantly as well, but, (laughs) but, but not about music ever. It's all just like troll. Like I want to say trolling him, but we DM him shit and we're like, you're going to come to Boston. We're going to get you hammered. We're going to put you up on stage. We're going to slap you around a little bit. And then, you know, we're going to get you so hammered that you can't play anymore. We're going to go on stage. We're John Summit now. You know, you have to go and be a software salesman. We live the life of a touring DJ. We find you 20 years later. <laughs> this is all from a real DM we sent him. We're going to find you 20 years later after, um, you know, we become jaded and vain and the DJ life isn't fulfilling anymore. We find you in the burbs. We switch back. We reluctantly kiss our new wife on the forehead and and accept our fate while you go and reclaim the rightful title of John Summit. I think wow. the guys ne- never responded. Yeah, really well thought out shit. Like we're <laughs> so talking, good, yeah. <laughs> we're, ta- we're talking about like there's there's thought, there's time and effort. And I know he looks at his DMs because he responds to people all the time. I yeah. know he's seen this. Yeah. And he's probably just like, yo, what the fuck are these guys talking <laughs> about? That's um, different. <laughs> yeah and we I, we do that to like a lot of the big names to see if we can get a reaction because it's also funny i don't know when people dm us funny stuff so we don't always respond but it is it is always pretty funny oh, I, yeah. you gotta keep it a little bit light don't take yourself too seriously out there guys you're a dj after all you know dude you're yeah. a fucking dj yeah I, yeah <laughs> that's a great piece of advice there too don't take yourself too, don't take yourself too seriously very true very true okay last question what can you tell us about what's coming out that you haven't already mentioned? You said Box of Cats coming out in October. You said In Row. Is there anything else? Can you reveal any collaborations? We got. We have a track coming out on Ferris Wheel in December as well. Fuck um, yeah, boys. Congrats yeah. on that. Gene Ferris, baby. Chicago legend. Yeah, that, it's definitely one of our most favorite tracks, too. Every time we play it out, we have people asking for this track at our shows now, which yes. is pretty cool. Um, Great. So very excited for that one. 
Zach, what Congrats. else? There's um there's a very, very big name artist that I the the label hasn't been announced yet, so I can't give away who it is, when it's when it's announcing, etc. But I know who else is is slated for release on that label, and it's a bunch of really, really big names. And we got lucky uh, and have two tracks in the beginning of 2022 is when they're scheduled for. I haven't gotten an update on on all the logistics with it, but um, you know, it's it's a superstar. It's a bona fide. It's a bona fide hit maker. This guy and and to have his endorsement is really cool. So we're looking forward to that. Wow. You know, we're. Um, we're working on a couple tracks. We have a, a DJ Susan track that we owe him. Uh, we've just been traveling so much. We haven't finished it, but we have a collab coming out with DJ Susan. All Eventually, right. I can't, I don't know where it's going to be yet, but it's going to come out somewhere because DJ Susan makes bangers. We yeah. hopefully make, hopefully make up a bunch of bangers and they'll be sweet. Yeah. And we're working, um, you know, we're, 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 what else do we have on the schedule, Chaz? I feel like I'm forgetting. Oh, Fucking Deep Root. We just signed a, another track, oh, yeah. a melodic techno track with Deep Root yes. uh, last night, actually. So that's another 2022. We have All right. Uh, we have a melodic tribal track coming out with them. Um, we have uh, a remix, a uh, really exciting remix coming out later this year, depending on radius clauses. I mean, there's... It's almost too tough. I have a routing doc of all our shows and releases and stuff. And I can't keep track of it off the top of my head anymore. Wow. It just, it just keeps piling up. So we're so excited for the back half of this year. I mean, there's just so many big things coming. It's a good problem. Yeah. Where, yeah. where can people see you play? I mean, out in New York and Boston, is, is there any other shows that are, we can announce too? Oof, what's what a, oh god chess what do we have right now i i gotta pull up in the routing doc live on the uh live on sherman the booth <laughs> let's see august, august 7th is our our show with cut snake right august 7th yeah. direct support for yeah. cut snake oh you know what i actually we i haven't signed a contract for it yet but they just i just got an email about announcements that we can announce uh with the guys from project 91 um, which is a great promotion out of New York that just, they, yeah. I mean, they just, they got Mala, they got, uh, they had Chami the other night. They're doing really big things. You haven't seen them, check them out. Um, we're doing a, a party on August 6th with Clyde P as a headline and daddy Ooh. Dino, who we're huge fans of. Yeah. We have a play with Unnecessary soiree, a disco one-off disco only set, okay. uh, on the, on the 19th. That's really going to be really cool. It's at the Jane ballroom. Also not announced yet. If you haven't seen Unnecessary soiree quick plug um that's actually who did the vocals on our deep deep root track the girl who runs that party which is really cool one of my best friends for 10 years wow. um fuck man what else what else Chaz? what else do we have all i know is that we're, we're booked pretty much every weekend of august and most of september now so we're going to be training it back and forth from boston to, to new york city every wow. friday and just you know rip goes <laughs> and then take a shameless train back. And then we have a really, really exciting thing that is not locked down yet. But if you know, you know, in New York it is the premier venue. Um, that's going to be a, a November play tentatively. If it doesn't work out, uh, I, you know, my bad for, for teasing we'll cut, it. We'll cut this later. Yeah, we'll cut it later. <laughs> but that's the plan right now because we actually were going to come out and do hood politics. We were going to try and do uh, which London doesn't know because I haven't talked to him about it yet, but the plan was to do Space Yacht. So I was just going to be like, hey, we're out here. You have to let us play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're actually seeing him. We're going to, excuse me, we're going to see him on Friday. And he's in New York right now. So we're going to go meet up with him. But uh, yeah, we're going to come do the whole West Coast thing. We had to push it off because we got this unbelievable opportunity for November. So stay tuned on that. Follow us on Instagram 
help us make a, a little bit more money. We'll guest list you uh, at everything. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Bartering uh, here for follows. Yep. Yeah. I, that, I mean, dude, that's how you got to, that's how you got to do it. Give us Just, plugs. Give us plugs. Actually, right. join, join, go hit our, so we have a mailing list that is linked in our link tree. This is the, we, we announced a bunch of stuff through it. We have a, a nightclub we're opening on August 20th. I can't announce the location. I can't announce the guy who we're bringing in the headline, but I can tell you there's quite a lot of money being thrown around. The club space is unbelievable. It's a DOS audio sound system. It's the only one outside of 11 that is in the United States. They're, they just went over to Spain to get it. Um, the only way you can get access to that show is if you join our text list, which is linked on our link tree. If you are not on that list, this show will not be announced. There will be no footage of this show. It will be one of the coolest parties in New York without a doubt in my damn mind because I know exactly what's going on on the back end. I'm getting chills, uh, bro. Holy fuck. This is the party. This is going to be the party to be at for the entire summer. And you cannot get to that party if you are not on our, our text list. And even then, there is a subgroup of people that we know come to all our shows that get early access to everything. If you come to all our shows and you DM us and we see you at shows all the time, we will make sure that you are at this party. If you are going to DM us on the day of and ask for a guest list spot, we will not help you and we cannot help you. Local um, singles and their wingmen. Yes. Yes. I, the, the, we got to ride. We guess those people. That's pretty sick right the there. The wingmen. That's your band like group. The wingmen. The wingmen. Good. Ooh. You just did something, Sherm. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. I'm going to be a wingman. Yeah, I'm a wingman. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, boys. I think I just broke this hat. Getting hyped. Woo! We committed to making this one of the best podcasts ever, and I'm I'm walking out of here with a fucking smile on my face, boys. Thanks so much for the time today. Y'all are fucking superstars. Dude, thank you so much for having us. I mean, this is just, again, like very much like Inbrow. This is sort of a stamp of a check you know, a check mark for us. It's okay. You know, we're really doing it now. This is for real. Sherman, the I booth is a, that. Sherman, the yeah. booth and in row. Same, same plane for us. So <laughs> oh, no, easy, thank you for easy, having easy. us. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Guys. Really, really honored to be a part of the 170. Oh man. I'm coming out again. Am you're I coming good, out? You're again? good. You're good. <laughs> okay. I just want to say we are, we feel honored to be a part of that 171. Uh, you know, all, all the guys that you have on here, you know, we are avid watchers. So, you know, we're just super honored to be a part of it. Thank you so much, guys. I got a lot of love and respect for you. And I cannot wait to meet you guys in person. It's going to be a bender of a weekend whenever that happens. Dude, we need it. We need it badly. Let's get, dude, Sherm, we got to get you out to New York. We'll chat off offline about that. Some I got to get we you got... guys to Chicago. We're, we're going to plan for later this year for sure. I, if you think Boston's cold, I'll take you to Chicago in the winter, okay? Let's do it. I'm built for it. I'm cold, blood. I'm cold blooded anyway, baby. I don't Jeez. feel it. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, boys. Uh, I want to uh, stay online and just talk for one sec too, but I'm going to end the cool. recording right now. Let's say goodbye to the fans. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're still with us. Bye guys. <laughs> <laughs>